Hey, everybody. On today's episode, I've got Mark with REA.co. He's going to be talking to us about company accounting and how he can help your business. Welcome to the Property Management Mastermind Show with your host, Brad Larson. Brad owns one of the fastest growing property management companies in San Antonio, Texas. This podcast is for property managers by property managers. You'll hear from industry leading professionals on best practices, new ideas, success stories, and lessons learned. This is your opportunity to learn about the latest industry buzz surrounding property management, as well as tips and strategies to improve your business. Imagine a world where the phone doesn't ring, but tenant leads still get pre-qualified and scheduled. Where in-person showings get coordinated automatically in real time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Where occupants and owners are automatically notified of showings and leasing reports. Or imagine, no one has to show your rentals and they get leased faster than ever, safely and securely. That's the world of Tenant Turner, Come learn more about our beautiful scheduling software and world-class customer support. Call us, 888-976-4638, or visit www.tenantturner.com. Resident Interface is a comprehensive delinquency management solution for property management companies that serve rental properties with over 500 units located in Florida, Georgia, Maryland, and Texas. Resident Interface offers property owners and managers a financially transformative end-to-end delinquency management experience. We're a single contact responsible for the entire process from late payment to eviction management and final debt collection. And we help increase net operating income through technological innovation, operational transparency, and response. Respectful recovery procedures. Learn more today at residentinterface.com. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Property Management Mastermind podcast. I am your host, Brad Larson, here in San Antonio, Texas, at Rentworks in Austin, Texas, at Rentworks. And just want to give an interview to Mr. Mark Kappelman with REA. Now, I bumped into him the other day and was really questioning and, and curious about what they were doing. And so the spirit of this podcast is to bring on guests like Mark to talk about what they do because he's out there assisting property management companies and property management companies to run very good in the accounting world. Now, I've been a big fan of this, uh, kind of like the, 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 I guess, the person that helped put together the NARPM accounting standards. At least I pushed the idea. And then Profit Coach nailed it down. But I wanted to get Mark a chance to come on because he's doing something really interesting across a lot of different platforms. And I think it's it's going to be a good opportunity to talk to him about what's going on in their world and how it can relate to what you're doing in the property manager world. So, Mark, please give us a few minutes of your time. Kind of tell us who you are, what you do. Yeah. Hey, Brad, thanks for having me. Super excited to be on. So, Uh, As you said, I'm the co-founder of realestateaccounting.co, which is a bit of a mouthful, so we bought the URL rea.co to make it a little simpler. But as you said, we're 100% focused on the real estate industry. Accountants really focus on two key customer groups, uh, third-party property managers and then owner-operators, the people that are buying the assets and managing them. Started the company about five years ago. We've scaled it up. We're approximately today, we've got about 100 accountants, over 100 clients, and approximately 50,000 residential doors under management that we're overseeing the accounting for on a monthly basis. So there's a lot of good things to unwrap here. So the trend in the industry is to outsource almost everything. 
And I, and I say that because, it, you know, the boots on the ground is a, is a critical piece for property management companies in any market, right? But they can't be experts at everything. So they can be experts at getting new business. They can be experts at doing maintenance. But the accounting piece is very specialized. And so often what we see is the accounting done the least profitable level, you understand? And that really is something that, that is detrimental to our industry. So I personally love, obviously, when we have a standardization, such as the NARPM accounting standards, in addition to companies like yourself coming in to say, we can offer services that will make what you do better, easier, make you look better, and provide a really good service to your clients. Let us take that off your plate. And so I'm saying all that because I want you to talk more about what you guys can do for a property management company, because I'm a firm believer in this. If you can't do it in-house perfectly well with triple tiles, you need to maybe look for an assistant or look for some help. And these are the, the, the types of businesses that need to be implemented into our industry to make sure that we're doing it at a high level to make us all look better. So yeah. Mark, please give us some more about kind of what you do. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I, I, you, you said it right there about like scalability and focusing on what you do best. And I, I, we literally just signed up a contract th this morning with a customer that has over a thousand doors. And I can just tell you that their accounting is not where they want it to be. Uh, and these guys are great at raising money. This happens to be an owner operator, but they're great at raising money. They're great at acquiring deals. They're not great about accounting and neither of them are accountants. And they've kind of haven't really focused on it, but now they've got a bunch of money with investors with a lot of money asking for deliverables. And, you know, you kind of said it before is the way we think about accounting is property managers and owner operators don't need accountants. They need accounting outcomes. And what is that? You need your bank recs timely because everything starts with the bank rec. So many people forget about the bank recs. They're not doing them or they're not doing it accurately. You said the triple tieouts. That's an Appfolio reference, but it's spot on. You got to get your bank recs done in a couple days. Once you get that, you got to make sure all your bills in and all the kind of dominoes fall after that. And the ultimate deliverable, as you know, as a third-party property manager, is distributions on more or less the same day every single month with a tight owner statement. But it all starts with is everything in your bank in the accounting system? Are all the bills in? Are they coded correctly? Are they on the right property? And once you check all those boxes, then you can feel good about, yep, let's cut the distribution check to John Doe at 123 Main Street. Uh, but without having those processes in place, people get tripped up. Because you can really offer the, the, the entire A to Z solution on Here's the other cool thing is from what you said in the green room, you can work across all platforms. So yeah. you can come in and work with any different software. And I, I need to understand the turnkey level of service. So you want to explain that. So if you have 200 homes in wherever state that you can offer services for them, or if you have 20,000 homes, you can offer services to them. So tell me about the platforms and then the service level that you can offer. Yeah, sure. So that's a, it's a great point. So uh, you go to our website, www.rea.co. You can see all this, but Appfolio, Yardy Breeze, Yardy Voyager, Buildium, Entrada, Rent Manager, PropertyWare, uh, QuickBooks. There's probably a couple others that I'm not remembering uh, off the top of my head, but those are really the real page is another one. Uh, we support all those apps. You know, many of our competitors had said, we're just going to focus on Appfolio. And Appfolio is the biggest player, but 
Voyager, if you want to play in the commercial space and not just residential, nearly every property manager is on Voyager. And so just knowing Appfolio completes you shut, completely shuts you off from that piece of the market. Uh, and that really wasn't, um, uh, wasn't our approach. Uh, in terms of the full kind of cycle accounting, like you're saying, you know, we really think about accounting in, there's four big buckets, three of them where we play really tightly with, and then we support the fourth. So bank recs, it all starts with bank recs. Every property manager has to do it. Every owner operator has to do it. Every business owner, period, has to do it. So we take over the bank recs. We get read-only access to your bank accounts so that we can log in, pull the statements, look at check images. We're not coming to you to say, hey, Brad, send me the bank statement. Is the month closed? There's none of that. So we kind of remove all of that friction. And we have read-only access so we can't log in and move money. We can pull down statements. So that's part one. Part two is AP. A lot of people, some people have an AP person in-house. Some scaling property managers, as you can imagine, maybe 50, 70 doors. They're probably, they could be doing it themselves, uh, adding all the bills as they're coming in. But that that kind of becomes kind of a hamster wheel. So we set up an accounting email. Let's say it was with you guys. It would be called rentworks at rea.co. We say, hey, Brad, every bill that comes in, just forward it to the accounting email. We'll get it added within 24 hours. And so that's kind of how we think about AP. Uh, so Bankrex AP. And then the final piece is reporting. And reporting really varies between if you're a third-party manager, the reporting output is the owner statement going to the owner. If you're an owner-operator, excuse me, if you're a third-party manager, it's the owner statement. If you're an owner-operator, you probably have 50, 20, or X amount of LPs behind you that are expecting comparisons of actual to pro forma that you told them the asset was going to perform. So now we're doing balance sheets, P&Ls, cash flows, rent rolls, gross potential rent, and all these other things that are a little more sophisticated that the owner-operators really value. And if I can just add one thing, Brad, which is, you know, our company, really our focus is owner-operators. That's really our bread and butter. It doesn't mean we don't work with property managers, but it's a big distinction between us and our competitors, um, is that owner-operators just have very different needs. Just like I was saying, it's LP distributions. It might only be quarterly. We're doing balance sheets and cash flows and accruing for things like taxes and insurance, and it's all about NOI and not just an owner statement. Um, and so that's kind of really... Our focus, and I guess the the story behind the story there is really the way we started the company was, you know, 10 years ago, my wife and I started flipping houses. I was an accountant. I'm a CPA, CFA, working at PwC, big consulting firm, and kind of got the real estate bug like probably everybody else on your your listeners. Uh, started flipping houses, but I was try- that was just my side hustle. And I got so busy, and even though I'm an accountant, I outsourced my books. And I actually did it twice. And the problem was it came back and it was very bad. They didn't know anything about real estate. They didn't understand NOI. They didn't understand what to capitalize versus expense. They didn't understand all these things that I took for granted. And that's kind of where we got the idea for the company. We started looking around, couldn't see that anybody was focused on this. Um, five years later, uh, real estate's you know, this is my main hustle. Real estate's still kind of a side little hustle, but that was kind of how we started the company. And that's why we focused on owner operators because that's really what we were. And so we kind of understand not only the accounting, but actually the operations of syndicating, raising money, managing properties, et cetera. Yeah, so what I'm hearing you say is that the owner operators, it's actually more challenging to work for than the third party property managers. What do you think about that? Uh, 
I think it's just different. You know, some third-party property managers that have great systems in place, it's just different. I think that if you're an owner-operator, you want more of somebody with a really accounting, technical accounting slant because now it's balance sheets and P&Ls and cash flows and things. Have to, if it's a third-party manager, in some respects, it's just cash in, cash out. Rent came in, add the bills, charge the management fees, make sure the distribution gets to John Doe on time every month, and we're communicating really clearly about, hey, we've got a repair, and, you know, it's just a different deliverable. Right, right, and that's what I'm saying. It's almost uh, it's almost easier to do a third-party approach just because I think it's so. different. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I say that because, um, you know, in the third-party system, like you said, you're really just doing cash in, cash out, pay for some repairs. They're not a limited partnership as what you were talking about earlier in working with a owner-operator where they have syndications or whatever going on. Yep. They're reporting high-level stuff to possibly a board of advisors of a syndication and a limited yeah. partnership where you have a hundred people throwing in money and you have millions of dollars at stake versus the reluctant landlord with a $200,000 rental property. You know, I'm not taking anything away from them. That's, that's no. their, that's their nest egg, let's say, but that reporting is much simpler versus what you're talking about. You're talking a corporate level. So for a lot of our audience, we're, we're working with reluctant landlords one-on-one -on -one, and they just need the assistance because, you know, let's say the average property management company in our space is managing a couple of hundred homes, maybe 250 homes. And so they're doing a lot of the stuff themselves. They are, uh, they're getting up they're they're making the dough and they're baking the bread every day. You know, they don't have a lot of time to, to, to go out and uh, worry about this reporting necessarily. They need assistance in one. Okay. I've got the bills. I need to enter this correctly. That's really, I mean, the big part. And the AP, if we break that down, that was so simple for the business itself to get in the collection, the, all the bills, Yep. get it to your team. They're entered, entered correctly, saved to a certain file correctly. Now, there is a little bit of effort in getting that to you. They potentially have to scan them, right? If they're, yeah, if they're paper bills, so many correct. bills. But usually people have an in-house admin. But, yes, there is a little bit there. If you're getting paper bills... Hopefully you can get them to, to send them to me via email. Uh, and one thing I want to clarify, Brad, uh, I think I don't think third-party management is easier. It's just different. And what I would say is with an owner-operator, you might only have one or two owners. Even though you have LPs, they're kind of passive and not asking as many questions. If you're working with a third-party property manager that's managing 200 single-family homes, they quite literally have 200 people that if something's wrong, they could get 200 questions all at once, right? And that is, that's a very different thing than a couple questions from a couple LPs that are really focused on this one balance sheet. So I just think, you know, it's just different. It's You got a lot of distributions, and they all got to be right, right. <laughs> or all those people are going to come back and ask you a whole lot of questions. Yeah, it's definitely it's a different animal. I, I shouldn't say yeah. easier, harder. Yeah, because uh, that LP, like you mentioned, uh, their balance sheets, for example, you don't do balance sheets when you send a distribution out to most owners. They just want to see, okay, was rent collected for fifteen hundred? You took out two hundred dollars for maintenance. Okay, I got my thirteen hundred bucks minus my management fees. Okay, I right. netted twelve hundred. Now I got to make my mortgage with that twelve hundred dollars. Exactly. That's what a lot of the owners are worried about. However, as far as corporate books for property management companies coming in and tying out all that reconciliation is super important 
to make sure that the business is running like it's supposed to be because we are money managers first. And this is where your team can come in. And I know people that are really, really happy with outsourcing their entire accounting department. Like yeah. they don't have in-house coordinators. They don't have CPAs they have to hire in their local market. They outsource it completely and they say they've never been happy. As a property manager, it's important for your business and your bottom line to work with the right insurance partner. But getting the right coverage for all parties involved isn't always easy. That's where Steadily.com comes in. Steadily is the industry leader in landlord insurance, offering fast, affordable coverage online in just a few clicks. Steadily works with property managers nationwide to insure their portfolios of managed properties and provides guaranteed listing as additional insured with easy online visibility into property insurance coverage. With top-of-market referral fees, Steadily also helps you drive extra revenue per door while bringing tremendous value to your clients. That's why property managers nationwide rate Steadily 4.8 out of 5 stars. Find out how Steadily can save you time and help you earn extra revenue. To get started, visit Steadily.com slash partners slash PMM or email us at partners at Steadily.com and mention that you heard us on the PMM podcast. Where you guys are different, too, is you work with all platforms, which opens it up to a lot more managers out there because there are quite a bit that every platform you drop names on, they're out there. And one thing one you forgot was RentVine. Okay, we're, Rent we're Vine, using yep. RentVine. We're happy, ha- quite happy with them. They do a good job. So a little plug there for RentVine. And uh, what you guys are doing to augment those services are hugely important. That's why I wanted to bring you on because I want more people to know that, hey, there is help out there. You know, you just don't have to be stuck with your local CPA who you have to explain to them what property management is. You know, oh, yeah. One of those frustrating things was uh, getting an insurance quote. You know, this is three, four, five years ago. I know it's not your realm, but I'm just talking, okay, I'm talking to the insurance agent and he's like, well, what do you guys do? I don't, you're not a real estate brokerage. Uh, not that you're real estate, uh, start over. Talking to the insurance agent and I basically had to explain the business model of what we do as property managers. And it kind of got a little off-putting, you know, like, wait a minute, why should I have to explain this to you? Same with recent uh, involvement with attorneys. I'm having to explain the business model to them. People don't have to worry about that when they come to you guys. That's right. like, I don't have to explain to you that I'm a third-party property manager and I do repairs and I collect rent and I do lease agreements and I market homes and I do repair allowances and uh, I do security deposit itemizations. That's that's what we do i don't have to explain that to you you guys just get that part yeah i mean it's what so we do all day long and i think even what then differentiates us is i've kind of done all those things not at the scale you're talking about doing but with a six unit and eight you, you still got to move people in and deal with those issues uh and one thing i'll just say about what you were saying before about a lot of people are outsourcing i think why that is the case is because you know as you're starting to scale let's just say 100 and 150 homes even then it's really hard to afford a full-time accountant. And if you can afford someone, you probably don't need them full-time. So now you're overpaying and now you're kind of having to grow your business into that fixed, it's, it's like a fixed, big, fixed step function cost. Whereas with us, we might you might have, let's just say a hundred doors and we can come in and go, look, you probably need 10 hours a week of work, not 40 that you're going to pay somebody full time. So pay us 10 hours a week. We'll come in and do the, and then as you scale to 200, 300, 400 units, 
We just keep going, yeah, let's increase the contract size. Like, we'll just allocate more hours to it. Um, and, and now not only is it that, you know, so many of the clients that come to us, it's, hey, my accountant quit, and he or she's leaving in a week, and I have no idea what I'm going to do because they're gone. Uh, on our team, it's not just one person working on your account. We actually have three different positions, a bookkeeper, an account manager, and a director. Every single call we have with clients just like this, we record the call, we take notes, We've, we're using ClickUp as our project management system. So we've got this very sophisticated backend so that if we have any turnover, we just plug somebody else in and go, hey, here's the playbook. We've got everything laid out. Here's all the history. There's really not a disruption. Or if Mark goes on vacation, there's two other people working on the account. It's not like accounting goes away if Joe, your in-house accountant, goes on vacation. Accounting doesn't stop at REA because we've got multiple people working on each client. So I think... If you can get comfortable with the person not being right down the hall, but a, a call, a video call away, or an email away, or a phone call away, um, especially the younger generation, just I think more people are apt to kind of outsource because it's just becoming more of a generally accepted way of doing things. Yeah. So first step is first try to automate everything electronically. Meaning, do not accept paper checks for rent. Uh, maybe make people do security deposit. Uh, if they're move-ins, they can do a security deposit uh, through the software and or send you a wire. And so that's a good way to avoid physical checks because physical checks are difficult for anybody. And you got to put them in the bank and then you guys Everybody. have to handle them and yeah. they get lost and there's just, it's just a mess. So Correct. I get it for, for move-ins. You know, you're going to have to potentially make it a concession there, but that's what your team can do because the turnover is absolute just a nightmare in the accounting world. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it really is. And so, you know, here I am uh, advocating for what you guys do, but yet, of course, I have accounting coordinators because that's how we've always done it. And I luckily have, you know, good staff. But I tell you what, if my team were to, you know, if, if Amy, my beloved uh, account coordinator and vice president, were to move back to New Zealand for whatever reason, yeah, uh, I would be in a hurt. I would be in a world of hurt, and and we would have to scramble as a company. And so the next solution would be to hire another accounting coordinator to train that person. You know, knock on wood, that person stays for a long time. But you just never know. And a solution like yours, it can one be in place for infinity. Yep. And two, scale with you as you start to grow. And again, I've bumped into people that are super, super happy in outsourcing the entire realm of what you guys do. Because one thing we didn't touch on, you know, can you work with the banks and work with the softwares to pay owners? Can you do that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, two things. Let me just address that one first and foremost. So I'll use the example of Appfolio, but it could be any software, which is we go in, we we add all the bills, we do the calculations, we say, hey, Brad is due a distribution of 1200 bucks for 123 Main Street. We go in and submit that bill for payment in the software, and then it routes to an approver, uh, which could be you or maybe is the owner, and they ultimately click an email or approval button that says, yes, pay Brad. And so we don't actually move the money, but we take it all the way up to button pushing right at the end, if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's a big part of it. So is that like Natcha file stuff you're talking about? Well, I'm just talking within, like, I'll give Appfolio as an example. You send a batch, 
Uh, and that's mm -hmm. what it means is you submit a batch for payment, and then it goes to a presidential user, and that presidential user gets an email that says, hey, Mark just submitted a batch for 10000 It's these bills to Brad and Mark and John and X. Do you approve it? Yes, I approve it. Now the money goes out the door via Appfolio. But we don't okay. log into banks. We can't move money. We don't wire money. We don't log into Amazon and pay the bill or pay the credit card. We submit things for payment all through the software with an approval um, on the other side. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So yeah, uh, that it's, it's almost full service, but again, you still have the controls in place. And so here's the other thing I love about this, the checks and balances. And so, you know, this is going to be one of those where, as a business owner, you don't have to put the reliance of this work into the hands of someone you may or may not implicitly know. And, gang, I tell you, the, the, the worst thing that can happen to you is any sort of an embezzlement or any sort of lost money. And that can happen from your spouse. It could be the closest person to you uh, to... There's all kinds of stories out there. Well, I knew this person for 30 years. We went to grade school together and you know, yeah. that type of thing. You've heard those stories before. Mistakes happen. Forget about the person as far as trying to be nefarious and doing something you know wrong. Just, just think of mistakes. I mean, mistakes are going to be minimal on your team because you guys do this all day long. You're not doing it two hours a week for your client, and that's all you're no. doing is two hours a week. You guys are doing you know, slices of this every day. And so I'm trying to beat a dead horse here, basically saying that your mistakes, you're, you're prone to mistakes on a very minimal scale versus if you're trying to use you know, a person in your office to do 10 different things, and accounting is one of them, they're more prone to make more mistakes or just you know, go south on you. You just never know. Yeah, and it's, it's spot on. You know, it, It's the whole concept of... Focus on what you're good at. You, you're, you know, you're probably good at finding more clients, raising money, getting more doors. But all of that means there's a lot of work on the back end that needs to happen. Uh, hire accountants that know exactly what they're doing. You know, one thing I want to say about you in-housing or insourcing, I guess, and having a team in-house, we love that. And I can't tell you how many of our – I don't know what percentage of our clients, but we recently, within the last four or five months, started working with a client that – had a controller in-house, and the problem with her is she's a controller, so she's a high level, but she can't get her out of the weeds. She's stuck in the bank rack. She's stuck with, like, applying bills and payments, and this the owner's like, and I need you talking to our owners and preparing budgets for our own internal company and do all in all this financial planning, and she said, I mean, I can't do it all. Like, I need some help. So instead of hiring a staff accountant under her, they hired us, so now we're reporting into her. We're doing all the bank recs and all that staff-level work and freeing her up to do a lot more. So there's actually a yeah, lot of situations yeah. where we're hired just to augment the existing in-house team. That's perfectly well said. I love it because uh, that's a one more layer of scaling. Yeah, And a lot of folks out there are probably in that same boat, so if you're – if you're saying, well, I got I got Sally, she's doing my, my accounting coordinator stuff already. Great, let's let's augment what she's doing, take yep. this, this, and this off of her plate and allow her to become more of a of a CFO, if that if that could be a make sense, because you know, a lot of the business owners out there, they may not have any sort of financial clarity on where they should be driving their businesses because their numbers person is too busy doing AP and a, and yep. bank recs and, and the stuff that they were hired to do, but 
you know, what if you can free them up to say, all right, I'm going to do a budget next year. And because we predict so many new homes coming into the, to the organization, we predict this, that, and the other, we may need to hire somebody. Here's your, here's your projections for 2023, three months in advance. That's the kind of stuff, you know, anybody, any in the business owners would like to see out there. But if your accounting person is stuck doing the, the little stuff that your team can outs, can, can do better than anybody else. All right, let's, let's draw some numbers here real quick. If a full-time person in your office, let's say it's going to cost you 4,000 a month and Mark's team can come in at 2000 a month. I'm, I'm just putting words in your mouth at this point, right? Sure. Just put a figure <laughs> in your mouth. Isn't that worth it? Because they're going to do it way better and cheaper than uh, hiring a second accounting coordinator. That, that's a one way to look at it. Exactly right. Not, it's That's part one. Part two is you give me a call today. We're growing pretty fast as a company, so we're hiring about four accountants per month right now. But if you give us a call today, we spec it out, it's a good fit. You're going to have a kickoff call with our uh, director of client ops the next day. And you're going to have an onboarding call within five days or five business days within a week. And we're going to be up and fully scaled, <laughs> you know, in a week and a half versus go post a job and indeed go interview all these people. Do they know RentVine? Do they know Appfolio? You got to find somebody in your local market. Uh, you know, we're, we're a virtual company. We're quite literally hiring from the world is our field of people, not just the people in San Antonio, Texas. Nothing against the lovely people of San Antonio, Texas. But you know what I mean? It's a numbers game. And so, you know, we're recruiting internationally, nationally uh, for the best and brightest that just love to be property accountants. Uh, there's some, there's certain places that are just really tough to find good talent. Uh, we're having a challenge of finding a, a business development person in Austin because Austin has the lowest unemployment in the state of Texas. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's south of three, and the cost of living is so high in Austin that it's difficult to attract good talent. And so we would have the same challenge if we had to replace any sort of our property managers up there that, yeah, it's just going to be a tough market. So. I wish we could outsource that, right? I wish we could take that, but that's a sales role. You know, it's an eyeball to eyeball, you know, you got to sure. put the whammy on them. But I want to know is... But accounting's not that, right? Correct. Accounting, accounting is not. not that. Yeah, exactly it's right. That's black why. and white, cut and dry. It is It is something that can be outsourced and done anywhere in the world. Yeah. I want you to tell us more about the pricing model and kind of, you know, I know it might depend. You know, I, I want to preface that because we talked about it. I yeah. get it. It's going to depend. It's going to depend on what the level of service you need how many homes you have, the scope of what you need done. But give us a little bit about that. Yeah, the ballpark The ballpark is what I'd say is 8 to 12 bucks a unit. That is the ballpark. And, of course, it's going to be different if you have 100 units versus 1,000 units. We have clients with 2,000 units. Uh, I can assure you that the pricing comes down as they scale up. Uh, I say 8 to 12 just because what I was saying before, which is if we're just doing bank recs, your price per unit is different than if we're doing bank recs, AP, and reporting. Because ultimately, we're going to get access to your accounting software. We're going to see how many bills you have per month, how many units you have, how many owners you have. We've got all these inputs that we put into our pricing model. Uh, and then we spit out a, a, a price, and that's our flat monthly price. Uh, we do month-to-month -month contracts because we, you know, we believe in what we're doing. But if for some reason it's not the right decision for you, you know, we make it easy to say, hey, I want to go a different route. Uh, and I think that's obviously been a, a good way for us to get customers and gain trust because, you know, they do start working with us. We do deliver. And then uh, we 
worked together for a really long time. I can just hear Robert Gilstrap in the background. He's my Yosemite Sam. He's like, well, how am I going to make money on this, right? And I always <laughs> give him a hard time in person. And he's a funny dude. I, I really like him. Yeah. And I would, t- I would challenge him. I, can, I know he's screaming at me right now saying, well, I can just hire somebody in my local market for that much. And I would challenge that and say, yeah, if they show up. <laughs> you probably could, maybe, if they show up that day and they show up the next week. So, one, your ramp-up time is going to be months. And, two, there's no consistency, there's no redundancy, and there's no assurances that person's actually going to show up. So be careful what you wish for, thinking you're going to be Mr. Smarty Pants and just save that money that you would give your team and try to hire that in-house because it's not that easy. And and don't forget, you know, we're 1099, so it is a – clean two grand a month. If you pay somebody two grand a month, you're really paying them about 2,500 bucks per month because you got to get them a laptop. You got to pay them benefits. You got to do payroll taxes. You have to give them office space. There's all these different things, uh, hidden costs that people don't think about. Um, and when they leave or you fire them, they file they unemployment. They got severance and now they got file <laughs> unemployment and all this stuff. Yeah, this is yeah. literally just a fixed monthly cost. Um, yeah, we always, say, we always say we're yeah we always say generally speaking we're thirty to forty percent cheaper than you're going to hire in house. Doesn't mean you can't find phenomenal people in house, but uh, if you've got any sort of technical accounting needs, four grand a month is not going to get you a person that's you can't even get a college grad uh, with an accounting degree for that price. I promise you that. Yeah, my CPA was telling me that uh, they're hiring more folks and. The challenge with them, this is my local CPA because they're doing all of our tax preparation stuff. And so they're taking the numbers that we give them, and they have CPAs that work for them all over the country. And they're being challenged with companies out of San Francisco, companies out of New York. They're hiring CPAs at San Francisco wages or salaries and New York salaries. And so they're having to compete with that, and it's and it's really not it's not a fair system so far for them. So they're they're having to pay more and more. Is my point? Yeah. Where you guys are still going to be at an affordable rate, and you know she was telling me that my accountant was they're having to push one hundred seventy five grand a year to hire a CPA, Jeez. and so I dropped that on the on the audience because it ain't that easy to hire a CPA, and yeah. you, know, you don't think that you can get one for sixty grand or even a hundred grand. You know, they're, they're going to be pretty expensive out there. So I would say your best advice is to investigate this option. Let your team talk them through about what you can do for them. That's going to be a really good solution for them. Yeah, and I, w- I would just say, you know, uh, I'm not even that old, but I can tell you that CPAs that are my age and older, nine Nine out of ten of them have no idea about property accounting and understanding tenant ledgers. You talked about this at the beginning and understand like they do not understand it at all. So we talked to all these clients that are like, oh, yeah, my CPA is helping me out with the bookkeeping. I'm saying, OK, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I, I love CPAs. I am one. But most of these CPAs that are helping you are really tax people that just know enough that they're going to try and sell you some bookkeeping services. We do no taxes. We obviously refer people to tax experts that we work with, but all we do is property bookkeeping. Uh, and we happen to, a lot of us happen to be CPAs. So uh, I just, when you're interviewing people, one, do they understand the software? Two, how many years of spirits of property accounting? Uh, th- these are some of the key things you're going to want to be asking. Very good. Mark, how do we get in touch with you and your team? 
Yeah, best way is to go to our website, www.rea.co, not com, uh, .co, rea.co. The .com was too expensive, but we did kind of splurge and bought the, the .co. Uh, so that's the best place. Go to the About Us page, or I think the, the pricing page, and there's a but, green button that says Contact Us, Book a Call. Uh, we'll get you a call with our, our sales team, and uh, from there, it's off to the races. Yeah, the .co's and .com's are interesting. Uh, I had a friend who, who just gave me a hard time one time. He's like, you know, I wonder if your name's available. So he goes on to GoDaddy, bradlarson.com, and he yep. freaking buys my .com <laughs> right in front of me. He says, ha-ha, I own you now, right? I'm like, you... Yeah, I'm gonna have to cross out the yeah cross out the expletives on that one. But yeah, if you're if you're listening to me, Tim Melton, I'm gonna get you for that one, brother. All right, <laughs> Mark, fantastic time to, uh, chatting with you about this stuff. I would encourage every, anybody who's listening to go out there and give you guys a, a get in touch with you all, find out what you all can do for them, yeah. and see how that's gonna fit in your business model. I think this is one of the best things going out there. Uh, you're kind of newer to the game. And I really think you guys are doing good things, so I wish you all the best. Appreciate you coming on, my man. We'll stay in touch. Yeah, pleasure to be on here, and I uh, really appreciate it. Need a repair at 2 a.m.? Easy does it. Easy Repair coordinates maintenance and nothing else and takes after-hour maintenance calls for property managers, working with your property management software so you can see exactly what Easy is doing without leaving your own software. From Las Vegas, Nevada, our full-time maintenance coordinators will dispatch your work orders directly with your vendors. Give us a call at 800-488-6032 or visit our website, easyrepairhotlinellc.com. This has been a podcast episode by propertymanagementproductions.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave us feedback, and come back for our next episode.